Good morning, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to Radio Wolf, our webcast for consciousness and culture. I'm happy to have with me Hannah Close. Hannah, welcome to Radio Wolf. Thank you. Hannah, you are a curator for transformation, transformative education uh, at the platform Artwire. And you are soon holding a course there, which is called a course on kinship that really got our attention. And we thought uh, your work on kinship seems to be interesting and very important for our time. And it's, um, it's already interesting enough to call a course about kinship. Uh, how did you get uh, to be interested to talk, have a seminar on kinship? So the idea came about in um, quite an indirect way. I was hiking in November in Scotland and I ended up on the Isle of Iona. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's like an inner Hebridean island. And while I was there, I was staying in a kind of pop-up community um, and I came across this book by the Irish poet John O'Donoghue called Eternal Echoes and it was about the human hunger to belong and I read it while I was staying in this community and it was really um, something about the word belonging just kept coming back round and coming back round. And I really felt that a lot of people refer to the period we're in as a kind of meaning crisis or a meta crisis or, you know, whichever label you want. Um, but for me, reading that book and in that moment and in that community at that time, I felt like it was a belonging crisis. Like I felt like actually, if we look at what precedes meaning, it's uh, belonging. Because belonging, for me, at least speaking from my own experience, belonging creates meaning um, that is so important to our experience of being human. Um, and so I kind of focused on this theme of belonging and I'm studying uh, engaged ecology at Schumacher College. And we look a lot at indigenous cosmology there and community and ways to live together. And I kind of felt kinship was the the unifying theme that kind of wove together themes of belonging community relationality indigeneity um yeah of these different things so that's basically the origin story of of the project um but one thing to note is that the course is it's a course but it's more of a collective inquiry like it's less kind of about saying, hey, this is what kinship is. I know what kinship is. I'm going to teach you how to be in kinship. Um, but it's a trying to ask the necessary questions um, and just kind of dive deeper into relationship. Um, because to me, it seems as though relationship and belonging and all of these things are kind of yeah relationship just feels very alive for me at the moment 
um, and the way in which we become alive is through relationship and then kinship is a particular form of relationship I think yeah you said, you said something very peculiar you just you're referring to the meaning crisis that many people are talking about and you said uh, for you the meaning crisis is a crisis of relationship and a crisis of belonging uh, that's I would say an unusual way of thinking about the meaning crisis to be a crisis of belonging. How so? What, what, do, you, what do you mean? So based on a number of personal conversations um, with activists and academics and family and just people from various walks of life, it kind of, um, to me, at least what I was picking up on in the, the tensions that these were having with our moment was that they felt like they didn't belong, at least not completely. Um, like they didn't feel at home with themselves, with their community, with their job, you know, with, with the earth, with all of these ecosystems within the earth. Um, what I was hearing at least in the kind of undercurrents of my conversations with people was that um, something's missing in my relationships. Uh, and I resonated with that because I felt that too. So I was trying to make sure that I wasn't just you know, projecting my own longing to belong into these conversations. I mean, that was certainly there, but yeah. This, this, this sense of lack and of longing for belonging uh, was really coming through. Um, and to me, belonging does precede meaning. Belonging is meaning for me, personally. Mm -hmm. Isn't this a, a very um, foundational question of our modern being in the world? That basically, since we kind of are, are not in a... Uh, medieval uh, spiritual context or uh, that we feel we are in a in a cosmos that is kind of uh, a huge uh, scientifically uh, uh, accessible but not really giving us any kind of metaphysical meaning uh, that uh, since we uh, entered our modern culture that this question of belonging is something that's just part of our culture and that maybe um, belonging is something that is uh, more a feeling that uh, um, we should grow out of in, in, in the sense that uh, maybe we have to mature that this cosmos is as it is and uh, we can create meaning uh, but uh, the cosmos is just this big natural event and to, 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 to think there's meaning in that is maybe a naive sense. Isn't that kind of our modern attitude towards uh, world life? Yeah, I do think that um, I definitely resonate with the idea that we create our own meaning. Um, I kind of see belonging as it can be very sentimental and like very mm -hmm. romanticized and as you said naive it can be very um also bound up with 
the need for attachment and all of the kind of cravings and feelings of lack that come with that impulse and the the, the longing to belong, as John O'Donoghue says, it can put us into a state of, um, yeah, always feeling somehow incomplete. Mm. Um, but I, I, I do see it slightly differently to that. I kind of relate belonging to being present somehow, um, belonging in the now, in the moment, in the kind of belonging where you are not trying to belong over there or with that person in this way, but instead just waking up to the moment you're in now and belonging in that um, in quite a simple way, if that makes sense. But, but when, you, when you talk about belonging, belonging to what? What, what does it mean to belong? Good question. <laughs> um, what does it mean to belong? I can't give a straight answer to that. But I can, it feels like something to belong. Mm -hmm. Like it feels, um, there's something, yeah, it's hard to say. It feels like something to belong. It feels enlivening somehow. It feels affirm to belong. Um, yeah it's a hard question i don't know the answer but i know how it feels in myself because i can relate to it the indigenous cultures there's a strong sense of belonging there's there's, there's one tribe or there's one family uh this is basically the world i know and we have a, have a shared sense of meaning that we share but now in a, in a global reality that we're living in where we have, where we share this planet with so many cultures, with so many interpretations, what it means to be human, and uh, we have uh, very different relationships to to nature, to each other. Um, in this multiplicity, uh, uh, <laughs> it's not so easy to say, uh, I, okay, I can belong to my friends, I can belong to my family, but I'm very aware that this is just a very small fraction of the world that I live in. And uh, when we tap into the internet, uh, there's, there's such a amount of whatever that, that we are confronted with. How can, I, how can I get a sense of belonging in this time? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's kind of why I feel that um, globalization and, you know, the internet and this, this idea of we need a bigger we, I'm not sure if I feel entirely on board uh -huh. with things because I, I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's possible for a human being to embody those relationships like I think we can conceive of them intellectually and we can vocalize them but I, I don't think um again just based on my my own experience that it is possible for us to relate in these abstract vast ways I mean that said there have been times when you know particularly in plant medicine ceremonies where I have felt a belonging in the cosmos and I've had you know ecstatic mystical experiences of union 
with a force greater than myself. Um, but that is not, I don't feel that sense of belonging in the everyday. Um, and what I would like the kinship project to do is kind of to say, okay, whoa, you know, let's stop with the, everything is connected and we're all this giant global village and giant we, because I don't think it's necessarily a helpful narrative. And actually let's just slow down, step back. What is in our immediate present environment? What can we actually uh, relate to? What can we actually embody? Um, how can we actually participate? Um, and I feel like a lot of people feel a sense of frustration because their activism, they can't extend far enough. And I think this, you know, trying to have an impact that big is, um, well, kind of impossible, possible, but a recipe for um, frustration um, and a sense of not belonging. Yeah. You said it's not a helpful narrative. What is a helpful narrative? Yeah, good, good question. Uh, what could be a helpful narrative? Uh, so, how, how can we create kinship, belonging in this situation that we are in? We are in a global situation and uh, uh, we are in this, this world. So how, how can we find a narrative that creates that? I don't think we can i used to so i used to do a lot of work on story and myth and reimagining future and designing a new narrative whereas now i kind of um it's not that i think that work is irrelevant or ineffective but the impulse towards creating new stories is also another way of taking us out of the present mm -hmm. um and it's necessary and it needs to be part of the ecosystem of change. Um, but I feel personally that we can sometimes get stuck in that, oh, we're gonna do it better this time and we're gonna reimagine the future and we're gonna, you know, one in which that we have kinship and da 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 da. Um, and yet we're just enacting the same lack of presence and the same desire for this idealized kind of semi-utopian narrative that has this structure and this arc and this trajectory that we can kind of walk into and inhabit and create um and i think we're imaginative beings and we we live through metaphor so i i don't um doubt that narratives and the narrative impulse is very much at play. i just feel that um we need to cultivate a relationship to what is imminent um, rather than trying to again transcend the moment in favor of a better moment. The German poet Goethe uh, had a very interesting response to the French Revolution and it's how it reminded me of what you were saying basically uh, in, in the beginning, he, he, he was very much in favor of the French Revolution. But then when uh, Robespierre ha happened and the guillotine happened, and uh, uh, he and his friend were very, very shocked about where this idealistic uh, utopian impulses went and how brutal they also got. And his response was, 
uh, that we have to be aware what are the real circles that we are in relationship with instead of being concerned about something that I only can have an abstract relationship with. Uh, can I honor the reality of my real relationship and focus on that where I do have an effect in? So he, he was trying to refocus us uh, to see belonging means to be in real relationships, not in abstract relationships. And of course, he was also living in a small dukedom in Germany where he could live that in some way. He was not living in a huge empire or anything. But there's something uh, which I still find relevant to honor that we have to uh, see who are we uh, affecting, who are we affected by, and honor the, rea the reality of uh, where relationships are not something abstract, but something concrete. And that mm -hmm. Uh, as being at least a starting point to, uh, to belong again, to experience kinship again. And uh, you remind me a little bit uh, uh, when, when I listen to you to this approach. Uh, can, you, can you see that uh, as being connected to, you, to your way of thinking? Yes, absolutely. It's this kind of um, going back to the kind of theme of imminence and, and immediacy. Um, and inhabiting where you are and this kind of it, it seems like there's a kind of um tension around the idea of going local again um and trying to move away from this global village concept and actually just tending tending to the garden you can tend to you know like looking after your own little corner of the universe and just trying to do that to the best of your ability including the relationships um, in that context. Yeah, the, the tension that that causes to become more individualistic than we already are and to kind of hoard and continue with these narratives of scarcity. Um, but at the same time, I, I think it would be the most... Uh, I think it's all we can do, at least all we can do well. Um, to tend to, it, it's also more enlivening because you're not, we live in abstraction so much already and we, we try and extend our experience so much already and so much is lost in that reaching out and trying to go beyond. And there's, as I get older, I kind of, I'm really starting to um, draw in and acquaint better with my interiority at the same time as becoming more porous to the world around me. So it's this kind of both and situation um, that is also, you know, one of the core themes of the course. It's like, how can we navigate the human like very human need and desire for nearness and distance and solitude and connection mm -hmm. and autonomy and relationality. Um, because th those seem like universal needs, but they're entirely contradictory of each other. And yet we must hold, hold both. Um, and one of those is connecting to the larger cosmos world community mm -hmm. and 
become being interior and inward. Mm. There is also an interesting new development in developmental psychology where the, uh, the evolution of consciousness and, uh, and maturity is very much has been very much seen in the context of holding more and more complexity. And uh, this is, uh, I think, still important. But uh, there are some new voices who basically say there's something that we miss here, and that is place, concreteness. So mm -hmm. being really a, a full human being is not just to hold more and more and more complexity, but really to have a place where concreteness can grow. So kinship doesn't live just in uh, huge complexities. It also needs a particularity, uh, a place that is specific. And um, it seems uh, that's also where, where your thinking is going. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very, um, I feel as though kinship is an invitation into place. Mm -hmm. um, and there's there's such an it's something that has become um, has been a big question for me recently is the what is the difference between um, place and space? Like, mm -hmm. Have we ever really thought about that? And you know, in indigenous cosmology, yes, you know, place is an entirely different uh, phenomenon thing, whatever. Um, whereas space is this kind of um, lacking in context, lacking in identity. Mm -hmm. um, a kind of like amorphous uh, in-betweenness. Um, and just speaking from my own experience, for the last few years especially, I've been very kind of painfully aware of myself as a, as a, as a person growing up in Britain and not really feeling connected to the place, to the culture to the whole, you know, sensibility of Britishness. It was an embarrassment for me for a while because I felt like the whole place was um, lacking in so much that was meaningful to me. And so when I went to, I lived in Ireland um, for the first year of the pandemic, and that was the first time in my life that I felt connected to a place. Um, and not just in terms of, you know, projecting my poetic romanticism onto the landscape, but actually standing on the ground and looking at the Atlantic and just, yeah, it's one of those feelings you, you, you can't describe. Um, but something was reciprocated in my relationship with that, with that place. There was some sort of feedback going on and I wasn't just standing, you know, on top of the place or the space, but mm -hmm. I was kind of um, inhabiting it and it was inhabiting me. Um, yeah, and so that was another kind of impulse behind the Kinship Project. Um, but we don't really, especially now with so many people moving remote work and digital nomads and becoming mm -hmm. more and more interconnected, we kind of skate across the surface of the earth without really staying and becoming intimate with one place. At least most of my network do that. And there's something gained, but there's something really lost in that as well. 
But isn't it the case, at least uh, I have the feeling it is, that there is, uh, because of, also of the internet and the global reality that we live in, that we remember uh, that uh, we need something to be rooted in. But there is also a sense, particularly because there's this vastness of connections that we have with the internet, that place as you're describing it, is something that we need uh, even more so as a counterweight to hold what uh, the internet brings us anyway, and we can't, somehow can't avoid it. But particularly because this, this is the case, uh, we need something that even more so allows us um, to be rooted and also rooted in something that is more than human. I mean, you were talking about the Atlantic, you were, you, you're talking about the soil. I, I'm originally from Austria and I, I, have, I have a very strong relationship to the Alps. And there's also something uh, that uh, before and, and beyond our technological global society, that there is a kinship and belonging that is needed, particularly because we are so technological. Not, not, not to get rid of the technology, which would be romantic and illusionary, but because we need a counterweight in order to live it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's a, um, when, you, when you use the word rooted, for me, that is, um, that is, for me, that is synonymous with belonging. To be to be a root in the ground is you know where your rootiness you know is in its optimal state. You are in your kind of context, um, yeah, and definitely to act as a counterweight. There's a one of the core questions um, for myself personally, and also in the in the kinship course is when we are not indigenous, what are we? How can we belong? Mm -hmm. And there's something I have sensed again in my kind of conversations with various people around the, the kind of fetishizing that happens around indigeneity, particularly mm -hmm. from Westerners who really crave what indigenous people have and what they know and how they are. And, you know, rightly so in, in many ways. Um, and this whole concept of indigeneity, it's so entangled with rootedness and place and belonging and lineage and ancestry and communion with the more than human and uh, all of these things. And it's like, there's a, a sense that Westerners or, or moderns or whatever you want to call them are... Um, inherently devoid of the capacity to belong to a place because we are so globalized, because we are so heavily dependent on technology. And um, yeah, that's that's kind of one of the, the core questions. And I would really love to shift away from this idea that because we live in quite a, um, a troubled culture that that somehow erases our human essence and the um, and our kind of status as organisms that are just as 
organic and fleshy, you know, as an indigenous person, and that we still have our human senses, and we still have our, our creaturely bodies. Um, it's just, there's a lot of obscurity and there's a lot of abstraction that's kind of weighing down on us that stops us from inhabiting that and um, rooting, as you say. And isn't there also a different form of, uh, uh, of uh, kinship and uh, belonging that we are ironically finding through technology? What I mean is uh, because in some way we are living in a time uh, where a geography ended, you at least can say so, because uh, the people you, you choose to share time with As we are talking right now, uh, middle of Germany uh, and, and, and Britain, are, uh, but 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 we are sharing a space. We uh, we, uh, we we sharing uh, something that that we have together right now, although it's based on technology. And I experienced there's a new possibility of kinship and belonging with people that uh, choose choose each other. Uh, which has not been possible before in this way, uh, but it is in a very different way than my feeling rooted in landscape and uh, with the trees alive and the lakes alive and the mountains alive. That's part two, but there is also a network of people, in fact, around the globe uh, that I feel I belong to because we share uh, uh, soul, perspectives, Uh, life stories, narratives. We share all different kinds, but we share things. And this is something that ha hasn't been the case in this way ever before in our human history. And we still have uh, to find out what this really means. But it is also a new form of being rooted in relationship, in belonging, in kinship that we have to find out. And that is not against technology. In fact, technology allows us to experience that. Yeah, absolutely. It's such an important, important point. It's this, um, it's, it's kind of one of those both and situations or one of those middle way situations where it's like, how are we, how are we using technology to facilitate our relationships? For example, you and I having this conversation now has a much, um, a different quality to say people arguing on Twitter you know, they're still relating, they're still having a dialogue, um, if, you, if you could call it that, maybe not. Um, and one of, the, one of the guiding questions I had around uh, the course was, um, how can we reconceive kinship in the context of modernity? So that obviously includes things like Zoom, you know, all of these things. It's one thing I really didn't want to do was to say, hey, we need to abolish technology and go back to, you know, living in a tribal context because it's just not possible. Um, I don't think it's necessarily desirable either. Um, and there is so much generative potential in the ways in which we relate online. Mm -hmm. For example, one of the... Um, A previous course with Advaya had 
52 people from 52 different countries participating, which is just, you know, impossible otherwise. Uh, so again, it's, it's, it seems like one of those situations to me in which maybe it's not a useful frame, but something is lost and something is gained. And perhaps if we lean too much on our online relationships and don't nourish those in our, our daily lives or vice versa, something or someone suffers. And if there's a way in which we can bring that into some kind of uh, equilibrium uh, in which both forms of relating are inhabited in a healthy and generative way, then there's room for, there's room for technology, you know? Yeah. I mean, experience is really in this way that we have to learn how both go together. Because there is also a, a yearning for concreteness where my body can be, where I have my walk uh, 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 along a creek. Uh, and that, that's, some, that's something that I feel I really need because I have so many relationships online. Uh, at, the, at the same time, I feel that there is also something that uh, we share online that is as concrete as uh, nature can be concrete. Your uh, image is frozen right now, so I, I'm not sure if, uh, if you are still there. Hello? Yeah, now, now you're back. It's, sorry. I, st I, st I stopped the recording for, uh, for, for a moment. What I said, uh, there is also... Um, a learning, I feel, how to, how to bring these two dimensions together because there's, there's the concreteness of uh, place where also my body can be. But there is also the concreteness uh, of relationship, of human relationships online that shares the same concreteness because these uh, relationships, particularly also my experience with, with Zoom is uh, they are as concrete as uh, relationships are that I have offline? And how can we learn this, uh, doing this together? Yeah, so the kind of um, thinking about what you would call the concreteness of being in place or relating to place physically and then the concreteness of human relationships that are facilitated and cultivated online around the globe. It's interesting to think about even the metaphor of concreteness because our relationship to place is almost something we can grasp. I mean, we can touch our immediate environment and kind of be have feedback from the immediate environment and say, hey, okay, this is there, I am here. And at the same time, we can't necessarily grasp or touch our relationship with others around the globe and through Zoom. But there is a sense of concreteness, as you say, there is a sense of there is a sense of belonging. And it's like this connection between. Um, I wouldn't say it's just connection between between, you know, sharing the same sentiments or thoughts or or rallying around a particular idea. There's something deeper than that. And I have had very concrete 
relationships and experiences just from online. In fact, I have two pen pals who I've never met and I have the most incredible, generative, joyful relationships with them online, just discussions and just knowing that they're there, even though they're on the other side of the world, there is something concrete. There is um, the kind of sense of, yeah, kinship, of being, of knowing there is this person, even just the knowledge of this person without being in proximity to them, for me, generates a sense of kinship. Um, And of course, it would be nice if they were, they were here as well, you know, with me having a cup of tea and talking about these things, but they're not, and that's okay. And it doesn't necessarily diminish the relationship. Um, so yeah, it's interesting to think just the metaphor of concreteness is, is interesting. But also what you just said, uh, that although they are on the other side of the globe, uh, you experience this as kinship and belonging because, uh, When you were looking for, uh, uh, there's something deeper. It's not just rallying around an idea. Uh, maybe this deeper is exactly this experience of kinship and belonging. And uh, I mean, of course, we can then talk what, what, what this is about. But the, the fact that this is there, that we create, I, w- I would say, networks of belonging. Mm. And uh, We also have to learn this right now because we, in some way, we have a freedom that we never had to basically choose who do I want to belong to and what are my criteria of belonging. It can be all kind of stuff. It can be good stuff or not so good stuff. But there can be a culture where, because we again start to honor the very thing that you're talking about, kinship, belonging, and get a deeper human sense of what this is. And it's not abstract ideas. It's not kind of a political something. It's, uh, it, it, it is very deep human qualities or even more than human qualities. I don't know. Uh, that because we start to honor this again, we also can create very new ways of exactly that, kinship and belonging. Yeah. Yeah, it's this... Um... There's something about kinship that is very particular. You know, it isn't just um, a relationship. It is a particular type of relationship that has certain qualities of reciprocity, feedback, mm-hmm. respect, sensuous awareness, all of these things. And it's um, going back to talking about online relationships. If you can bring those qualities into your online relationships, which you totally can, you know, with a bit of mindfulness and awareness, then who's to say that you can't have have kinship online? And then thinking, you know, back to my kind of pen pals, why why is it that I have such a a unique relationship and such a strong sense of kinship and belonging with them? And why certain other interactions online I don't? It's because there is a um We each make, we're making an investment into the relationship. We're not just turning up to it and kind of, you know, we're participating very actively in the relationship so that it has become what it has become. We're not mm. passive. And a, a lot of online relationships and physical relationships are very passive and they're very reactionary. Um, and there's something about kinship that is um, 
both natural and easeful, but at the same time, um, intentional mm. as well. And I would say there's one particular thing that they are, they are not. Uh, they're not instrumental. Mm. And uh, the internet as a technological sphere has a very instrumental foundation. It's created out of an instrumental sentiment. And maybe uh, it's exactly that we have to learn to free ourselves from all of that and, and see that these deep human qualities of relatedness, of kinship, of belonging, can be also brought to this new sphere that we are pioneering. Human, the human species is pioneering in a new continent uh, called the nose, uh, technological noosphere, however you want to call it. Uh, and to free ourselves uh, from this uh, technological instrumental sentiment and see, no, there's something different. We also can live here, but we have to learn again uh, the value of relatedness, what it really means, uh, of kinship, what it always meant. Um, and in that sense, are also able to be here in this new virtual world in a way that uh, deeply respects our humanness. Mm. And maybe this is also why a course like yours is important because that's not what you usually think about when you think about the internet, uh, uh, belonging, <laughs> a kinship. But um, as we are talking, I, re I really see how important it is to relearn it in order to be able to also live it here. Mm. Yeah. There is something I feel quite strongly about that I... Kinship is a form. So a lot of the course is inspired by my studies on um, animism at Schumacher College. And, the, you know, there are various ways of saying what animism is and various words for it. But there's a risk, but there's not a risk. I suppose it's just part of the ecosystem of relationships that we, in our online relating and in our human communities, we need to be able to weave in the more than human and it, it it doesn't necessarily mean this kind of romantic nature connection kind of um you know put a potted plant next to the screen kind of thing but there is there's just a risk um that we become too much about rebuilding our human relationships without at the same time in parallel inhabiting this plurality of other relationships, whether it's with the more human or, or um, anything else. And so I just, yeah, I, I kind of want to bring that in because kinship is very much, um, goes beyond just the human. Yeah. It's an experience I, I had several times and doing online events uh, all over the globe. Uh, uh, which I find related to what you're saying. And it's uh, the very interesting experience because you, 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 you are here and then we, uh, there's a group of other people here, maybe a small group, maybe a big group. 
you're not sitting just in, in different countries, you're, you're sitting in different continents, in different time zones. In one time zones, the sun is rising, in the other time zone, the sun is setting. And uh, one is uh, a hot climate, one is a cold climate. And all of a sudden, I have a concrete awareness of Earth uh, that I, I did not have before. In, 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 in several times, we, we made something like a global ritual where we uh, stayed together for 24 hours. And uh, I had inputs from all time zones for the 24 hours. And I still remember that afterwards, I had a sense of this huge body called Earth that turned around itself in this time. And it was not my idea of Earth. It was a direct experience of a more than human reality that we all are living on. So ironically, uh, this technological sphere allowed me to have a connection to this huge body called Earth that before I had much more on a theoretical level, but at least it feels like a has central relationship of this huge body that we're all sitting on from different places and it's turning around itself as we're talking. And to bring this together is something that we also have to learn with this new technology, that belonging is something that we need to exercise uh, because it's part of our humanness. Mm. Yeah, really, I like that. Um, yeah, it's not a fixed. It's not a fixed state. It's not like okay, now I belong. You know, I have achieved. I've achieved belonging. I'm in a state of belonging. Um, you know, kinship itself is, you know, defined as a noun. But actually, it's you know, it, it's it's not a belief system. It's not a method. It's it's a verb. It's that like you can only you can only do it. You can only do you can only do belonging. Um, you know, I love uh, Donna Haraway's idea of what she calls worlding with, mm -hmm. um, you know, and um, the Center for Humans and Nature, my friend Gavin at the Center for Humans and Nature, he talks about kinning, you know, we're, <laughs> we're kinning. Um, and I think that's a really important distinction to make, especially, you know, I've, I've been in this trap myself where I go, aha, kinship. This is it. This is the answer. This is this is the the balm. This is the remedy, and it becomes another um, prescriptive um, and, as you said, like instrumental contradiction to what what the whole thing is about. And there's a lot of irony, um, or what could be many could see as being ironic, that we're doing a course about kinship online. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm 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 totally aware that, that that kind of exists, and it's like, okay, can we just be with that? Like, how do we feel about that? Can we can we be playful with that rather than just say, oh no, we've done it wrong? You know, like this is kinship and this is not kinship, and it looks like this and it doesn't look like this. Um, yeah. Uh, as we are also coming to the end of uh, our time here, uh, when does your course start? It starts on the 15th of March and runs until the 5th of May. And uh, we also have the link uh, both in the invitation and on the, and on the website uh, so people can, uh, can click there. And I 
after this conversation even more so, I, I'm deeply convinced that uh, investigating what kinship uh, and relatedness, belonging, uh, means in our time is, is, is something that, uh, that's really important for us to look into. So thank you very much for, for the work. Thanks for this conversation. Thanks, Thomas.